Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. Use AWS now to lower your business costs, become more agile, and for faster innovation. Apply now to get $1,000 free credits at hustleshare.com AWS. Also by TagCash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com TagCash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Caliber. It's the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. Welcome to the first ever Hustle Share Playbook. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this playbook is powered by AWS the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, and just like any other episode, this podcast contains a lot of not-safe-for-work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today you're probably wondering what this new sound and what this new podcast format is all about. And let me explain, because the Hustle Share Playbook was made to further invest on what we've started in this podcast. This podcast was made to listen to other hustlers so you can improve in your hustle. The normal format still stays the same, but we're introducing this brand new concept which is called the playbook. And it's quite simple what it is. It's a cheat sheet of key startup things or key things about certain hustles that you can apply into your hustles. And our approach is very strategic and tactical in this format of the show. And today we're going to be having someone very familiar because we've had him in the very first episode and his name is Magellan Petalino and today we're going to be discussing the step-by-step process of how to fundraise here in the Philippines. So just a background on what we're going to be discussing, we're going to be talking about the different types of fundraisings you can do for your startup and also we will be discussing what the proper timing and everything in between that you need to know on each type of fundraising mechanism that you will be encountering in this playbook. So if you're ready to learn how to raise funds in the Philippines, let's begin this playbook right now.
Welcome to the very first Hustle Share Playbook. And we have someone here today that we kind of did. This is like deja vu. This is literally almost a year ago when we started doing this, right? And um, for the very first episode of Hustle Share, we had the same guy. So, you know, and there's if there's there's the same. If it ain't broke, don't fuck with it. Okay. Numero uno. <laughs> exactly. And numero uno, we're going with the, with our amigo from the Spanish conquistadores, which is my man, Magellan Petalino. Welcome back. What's up, Ron? Hey, Ooh, hey. We got sound effects now, bro. I love it. Thank you. I love this like full set. Yep, yep. I told you, right? I mean, the last last time we did, just to provide a little bit of context when we, start, we started doing this. I still remember it. We look like idiots because we were using. I was. I borrowed your condenser mic. Yeah, you have. You brought mic. your own mic. <laughs> we went to uh, to my office on a Saturday. On a Saturday, oh plugged God. everything in in my like table, <laughs> and then that's it. And we that's kept, our like, set. Right, and I just plugged it up to the laptop. Now we have a whole fucking studio. You have, you have a screen here, man. Yep. I can see. This is awesome. <laughs> this is like a real podcast studio it is it is and again shout out to podcast network asia for providing this which is also mine by the way so again i'm i'm, I'm tooting my own <laughs> okay so mads since the last time we did catch up just to provide uh context for those listeners who are listening what the fuck is this hassle shit playbook run what is this so it's very simple let me just di- di- digress here a little bit hustle share the normal format is we talk about the journey right it, it's meant to inspire you but as the bitch that says it on the intro, it's to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. And with that, you need to be able to apply the hustle of other people to your start to your startup or to your hustle as well. And that's what the playbook is. We're gonna be talking about strategic step-by-step Love processes. It. Love it. Exciting. Correct. Uh, about the things that 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 will improve your hustle in whatever. Correct. We we this is your fucking cheat cheat sheet. That's why it's called the playbook. Okay. Max, what's our first play for this one? Okay. How about we talk about fundraising? Oh shit, I don't know. Okay, we don't know anybody who's more qualified to talk about fundraising. You probably are the most. Uh, you're one. Of, you're out there. We're in the Mount Rushmore of how much you raised here in the Philippines. And again, props to you because this is how you're technically your second or your first tech startup, correct? Yeah, oh, correct. So again, if you want to do the deep dive of what Magellan Petalino does, go to his OG episode, the first, very first episode of Hustle Share. You'll see the difference also of how, how different we sound now. <laughs> yeah, that was so fucked up. It, but it's good. It's still the best episode of Hustle oh, I Share. I still listen to that. Huh? Sometimes when I, sometimes I just listen to that first podcast with yeah. you, I get inspired. Ah, there you go. Hearing your voice. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but okay, let's, let's do this. So, Let's talk about fundraising. The format is very different. Um, we're going to literally jot down notes. Now, before we start, uh, if you do say jargon, if there's something unclear about what we did, mm-hmm. we have a website that will be a reference point. It's going to be on hustleshare.com. So awesome. if you missed out, if you're driving right now, don't fucking pull over and start fucking typing shit out. <laughs> <laughs> don't die. Good. Right? Not good. Go to hustleshare.com after everything's going to be there. There you right? go. So Mags, Fundraising. This is a key thing about the startups. And how how what how do you properly fundraise? What what are the first things that one needs to do? Is there someone you need to approach, or do you have what what's your what's your mo? Okay, so I'll go straight to this taboo. Okay. There's a taboo that if you're a tech company, you go out and immediately raise money for your idea. Correct. And for quite a while, I remember back in 2016, you started ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, but, but we it, died. No, yeah. but I mean, we went through the same experience right. wherein you, we like came up with a 10 slide pitch deck, mm. went around pitching in every um, event, whoever, what and is, competition right. mm-hmm. uh, that we can go to and mm. uh, join in and expect people to just put in money uh in our idea that's in silicon valley that no 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 that even just this is the series that's what happens in the series that's not in real life especially in the philippines that is right, right that joseph. is right <laughs> that's true joseph yeah so 
Um, that doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Fundraising doesn't work out that way. Um, I remember if there's one thing that you have to consider first before you even fundraise, yeah. it's to identify exactly how much you need and knowing uh, exactly where you're going to use that money for. Okay. Now, if you're talking about this, because most people also pluck this out out of thin air. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And like, oh, like, yeah, the, I'll, uh, I've seen this in the final pitch a lot. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, yeah, we have a valuation of $2 million and I'm asking for 300000 Like, dude, where the fuck did you get that? Right? That's right. So what's the proper science? How do you prepare it for a proper PNL? Because that's what it's going to take, correct? Yeah. How do you properly project your, your revenues and your valuations to, to defend your ask? There you go. So um, the first question um, that I mentioned was like knowing or asking yourself, what do you need the money for? Um, mm. So to identify that, um, a lot of young companies and entrepreneurs today, they skip that step of coming up with a proper business plan. Yeah. It's hard to pitch something when you don't know your numbers. So at least when you have a business plan, it becomes like a guide. Right? You're guided now. Okay, this is when you actually run numbers in your financial model. Yep. And a lot of investors, they know. They have that understanding that when you first approach them and mm -hmm. you're just starting a company, mm -hmm. your projections are dependent on how you execute. Of course. And they also know, so that's number one, they know that it's dependent on how good you are at execution. Okay. And number two, um, the numbers you show, they know that those are projections mm -hmm. and that they are still not uh, backed by actual performance. Correct. So that's clear to their head. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, when they look at those numbers, they want to see how you will bring the company right. using their money Correct. to a point in your projection that will get you to sustainability. So a certain milestone. A certain milestone. That milestone could be something like a big contract. Right. Uh, or let's, so let's say a big co client contract or let's say a big partnership or let's say a regulation that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And because based on those dependencies, it will be shown in your business plan and your financial right. model that using the money that they're going to give, mm -hmm. you're going to exert majority of your effort to close those specific milestones. Correct. Basically, you set whatever it is that you're going to be measured on yeah. dependent on what you're going to be, what you showed, which is technically you're asking, okay, from if you give me X amount, my runway will be to from point A to point, say, G, for example. That's right. And this is what I'm going to do. Exactly. Right? Now, in reality, that, that rarely ever happens at point A to point G. All the stars align and you hit it. That That's why yeah. also, I guess from, from my point in, you have to put in a buffer. Exactly. exactly. To make mistakes. That is true. And whatnot. Okay, so Mags, let's just track back a little bit. To prepare for fundraising here in the Philippine setting, especially also if you can chime in examples of how you did it. What were the first things that you did? So you didn't you, were, you, you talked about the taboo. So don't do that. Because yeah. there's not enough people that can write good enough checks here. Also, if they do, you're probably going to get sharked out. Exactly. When we say sharked out, you're going to get too much, give up too, too much equity for too little. That's right? correct. So how were you able to do that in your, in your end where? Because you did the FI route. That is which true. Which was amazing. Again, shout out to, yeah. to, to the guys, the boys of FI yeah. and whatnot. But again, FI provides that structure. How did you do it? What were the first things you did? So... Um, there's still a couple of things that, because uh, programs like Founder Institute, they can give you a good framework. Of I love those guys. Uh, yep. I learned a lot from 
Shout out to them. Uh, the guys of uh, Foundry Institute. But there are also certain things that you will only learn when you're on the ground. Once you're actually out there dealing with uh, Filipino invest, uh, Filipino or Philippine-based investors, okay. that's when you actually know what really takes them and what really motivates them to put money in okay. your idea. Okay. So one thing that you should realize is that Filipinos have their own mentality. Mm-hmm especially in investing. Mm-hmm. And a vast majority of Filipino investors are still very risk-averse. Yes. Yeah. That's why they put it in the bands, in the, in the bank stock market. And That's very risky for them even. Exactly. Right. So right there and then, there's already a mismatch. Eh, diba? Mm. Um, when you, usually when you raise funds for your startup that doesn't have like... Um, traction yet or is yeah. still in the MVP stage, okay. there's a lot of risk. Right. Now, in the Philippines, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of liquidity, uh, which is actually the problem of banks today. There's, they just have too much money, right? Right. That's why but, they, they have, they, they, now it's in Akudin. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the risk appetite is not there. Correct. You're sitting on that fucking... The treasure trove, exactly of, of, of pile of cash. So La now, casa de papel is is yeah. mismo. Yeah? <laughs> es, so there's right. just so much. There's a lot of cash, right? Uh, let's. That's one fact about the Philippines today. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that you have to set in your head okay. is that when you start approaching the, these investors, you need to know. All those risks that your business uh, are gonna face, mm. and you have to present ha- um, solutions and how you're gonna execute to make sure that those risks are mitigated. Yeah. Because good investors, they would immediately identify the risks that they are gonna go through when they give that money. Got it. So if you can answer, uh. Filipino investors or sure. Philippine-based investors sharply, very okay. sharply uh, on how you're going to mitigate those risks, then they will be more comfortable to give you money. Okay. Now, there's one thing that I'm very curious of. Timing. Mm-hmm. When do you properly raise funds? Because there's always this taboo because especially in the Philippines again, again, the percent, take it from the guy who's raised billions of pesos. There's a ton of fucking money in this country. So whenever somebody says, Yo, there's not enough cash, this guy just fucking did it. Just nobody's r- compelling enough to pro- provide those guys uh, 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 a reason to shell that check. Correct? Now, let's talk about that. Timing. When is the first? Where is the best time to properly raise? Because people always say, "Yeah, bootstrap your way, blah blah blah." But, dude, if you're a startup, you need lifeblood for exponential growth. Bootstrapping is not gonna cut it, and a startup by default is uh, is a company that's deemed for exponential growth. A hockey fucking stick. That is true. So when do you properly do that? Do you need to have problem solution fit? What are the key metrics that they need to at least have on their deck or in their treasure and in their, their artillery before they start pitching? For me, it's market product fit. Um, yeah. So after that MVP, mm-hmm. oh, so you create your MVP right. and you've proven that there's a mark, uh, like a customer base that, Got it. Could, uh, that is going to use your solution. Mm-hmm. Why after market product fit? Mm-hmm. One thing that you should avoid yeah. as an entrepreneur right. is to scale something that's broken. When Ouch. I say broken... You hurt me with that. That's what I did with Party Foul. We all make that mistake. We all make that mistake. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah? So sometimes because we get overly excited. Like... Um, there are tendencies wherein we get overly excited. We got that first customer, right. second customer, third customer. Right. And you drink and, our old Kool-Aid. And you drink your own Kool-Aid. You like tap your your own back and, and like, tell Ooh. yourself, great job, Magellan. <laughs> You're so 
fucking, uh, fucking can, awesome. can I swear? Can I yeah, swear? of course. You're so Let's, fucking uh, awesome, Magellan. Right. Let's rock. Let's start raising funds from people okay. and make this fucking shit big. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's usually when things start crumbling down. Right? Yeah. So when you scale something that's broken, that's like, ano eh, um, it's like uh, building a uh, a skyscraper okay. but your foundation is not strong. Right. So the tendency is konting hangin lang bagsak. Boom. Right. So uh, the perfect example would be WeWork. Mm-hmm. Those guys uh, nasasayangan ako because uh, the guys behind WeWork they had the charm which I Newman. have to say uh, yeah. uh, Newman has like the charm and in like getting people to believe in you, diba? Uh for people, even had the terminologies even like yeah. the we we culture like exactly right and, okay. And in reality, when you raise funds, you're not really getting people to put money in your company because they like what you're doing. It's you. It's you. The so, founder. It's very founder driven, especially in earlier rounds. So again, exactly. just to provide context, sorry, if I cut you, cut you there, there's multiple rounds. The typical life cycle of, mm-hmm. of funding rounds that happen in a startup that's deemed for exponential growth, yeah. there's an angel round, yeah. the friends, phones, and families. These that's are right. the ones that at least get you started to get that's the ball right. rolling. The second one is the seed. Mostly, this is where the first institutional uh, check comes in if you exactly. get, you're lucky to get one. That's Higher right. check size. And then there's a bridge. How many bridges, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Some people yeah. call it uh, convertible notes. Or Usually bridge <laughs> happens when things don't go as planned. Eh? Or you're running out of runway. Correct. Right? So actually, if you have a solid plan, tendency is you no, won't you have don't any need bridge a bridge. Answer. Exactly. But Everything and there's like no shame out. in not doing a bridge, by and the way. It's fine. Huh? There's Super no shame in up. that. Yep. Just don't run out of cash. Run out of cash. Exactly. That's the game. If exactly. you're ever going to play the fundraising game, don't just like Monopoly, guys. Remember this: don't you, you still part of the game until you have cash. Exactly. So if whether it's gonna come from a customer or from investors, don't fuck that cash up because that's finite. Exactly. And of course, lastly, the Series A, B, C, D, or whatever, and then to an exit. That's I don't right. know how many series you've done it, but again, there's no <laughs> one more qualified to to talk about this than you. Okay. Um. So timing, product, market fit. Yeah. For me. I'll tell you why you shouldn't raise money from people outside, uh, let's say, your inner circle before market product fit. Um, There's that, there's reputational risk. I mean, if you're going to make a mistake, it's better to make a mistake uh, risking your own money, your own resources, or at least people who would like not uh, hate you for losing their money. Like, let's Correct. say family. Mm. If, you're, if, if you have a good relationship, right. relationship with your family mm. or friends, if you have a good relationship with your friends. You Got know? it. Because uh, that part of the business cycle is the most risky. Like, yep. Things could really like life crumble or anytime. Death. It's literally. life or death. Literally. Yeah. So, uh, given that really high percentage of failure and let's say if you raised money from an angel during that period which is mm. which you can do diba right? you can yeah, do that there's no shame i've i've done that in yeah, podcast yeah. network asia the reason why we're able to make enough strides yeah uh, as well is because i was able to finally raise it. There but you again go. you said one big caveat there exactly it's reputation reputation the only reason why i'm able to raise so fast now because i've fucked up in my first one which there is money file has yeah. exited in chatbot exactly. and i kind of already built a really good MVP of podcasting here in the Philippines, establishing that market. Exactly. Then I started asking money. I didn't ask for money like, hey, I want to do a podcast. Exactly. Nah. Exactly. I agree with you. And there's a difference there, Ronek. I say, you're an experienced serial entrepreneur. Yeah. If it's your first time to go through entrepreneurship, one thing you should know is that when you fail and someone invested in you and obviously that person will lose money. If you approach that person in the wrong manner, like you just stop talking to him, ah, that's going to that's gonna be bad. Because 
a lot of these people talk, diba? Yeah. So it goes around. It goes around, diba? So the way you handle the people who believed in you, whether in good times or bad times, uh, defines it. defines you as a person and sure. as an entrepreneur. And that's also again we can talk about that in a different playbook. Yeah, how to bounce back from failure, which exactly. I'm an expert on. I fucking fuck this up, <laughs> right? But um, you're that's right, and that's yeah. why I wanna at least on my part, I actually went back and I apologized. I fucking cried my ass out in front of Minette because she she was my mm. very first investor. Now here's one thing before we take our first break or our only break. This is just a playbook. I forgot. <laughs> you know, I like taking breaks here. Um. You know, you, 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 there are bridges that you don't want to burn. That is correct. However, there are inevitable ones that unfortunately you have to burn. So you have yeah. to just stick with those yeah. and, and whatnot. Because you exactly. know, you, at the end of the day, you don't want to be cool with everyone and then lose your own soul in the process. Amen. Okay, now let's take our first break and then we come back. Let's talk about more how to fundraise in the Philippines. There you go. Let's talk about that more after the break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with our very first guest from Hustle Share Podcast. And now in the playbook, too. This is so interesting. With Mr. Magellan Petalino. Wait, what's up with break here? There's a buffet. Oh, there you go. Love Bu- it. Buffet on wires. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is as we're recording. This is really late at night again. Thank you very much for for working over Magellan and whatnot. Um, okay, so Max, before the break, you mentioned that okay, th- these are the things that you need to already know. So we get timing and all these things, the pitfalls that we that the we should look for and whatnot. What else should we do? You, you want to talk about structure? What do you mean hmm. by structure? Well, there's. Many structures you can use when you fundraise. It. So it okay. depends on the current state of your business and it depends okay. on uh, where you're going to use it for. Okay. Uh, there's three ways to go about this. Okay. At least there's three ways that I've used in the past. Okay. Uh, that were Proven, okay? Proven. He's not just throwing out random fucking theories here. Yeah. Um, I've had experience raising money through equity. Okay, so when uh, you say equity, what do you mean? When you say equity, that's when you give shares uh, in your company to interested investors uh, who essentially become shareholders in your company. Correct. Now, if they're a shareholder, again, just a little caveat, 
you're giving them a piece of your company. So they own it and they are now entitled to have a voice and no matter what it is. I have to say, among all the ways to fundraise, this is the most expensive. Yes, because you're selling a piece of your company to it. Yeah. Right. Equity is the most expensive. And this is a marriage. Oh, yeah. That's right. A fucking marriage. So when I say a marriage, yo, you can, in, in a normal setting outside the Philippines, obviously, you can divorce a wife or a husband <laughs> in a equity shit unless you have people to fucking buy it out at a very yeah. nice price. I was about to say, unless you have... Unless you have money to buy them out. Which nine times out of ten. No, ten times out of ten, startup founders don't. You're pretty much fucked. Now, if you chose the wrong investor for equity, you're going to have a very, very mm. fucked up board. Oh, yeah. Regardless mm. if they're a minority or what. That is correct. Okay. So, that's the nec- what's the next Next one? Debt. Loan. Debt. Right? Utang. Utang. Right? Okay. So, uh, you, can you, you can borrow money uh, okay. instead of giving equity. Uh, to also uh, for your fundraise. Uh, again, mm. it depends on where you're going to use it for. We're going to delve into that later. Okay, let's do that. And the last one is uh, a mix. You call it mezzanine. This is when mm. you mix, let's say, equity and uh, a loan. So like a you convertible may have, note. There you go. You may okay. have heard of a convertible note. A convertible note is essentially a liability. It's a loan. Right? It's right. a financing wherein uh, if you're not able to pay back that loan, the lender gets shares from your company. So it's like it's almost like using your shares in your business as collateral. Yes, double-edged sword. Yep. I, in a perfect world, technically, you're supposed to not default and pay that exactly. person back so exactly. that you still hold equity. That's right. Majority of the time, people just dangle that and they get diluted with a certain valuation cap. The valuation valuation cap technically is that with a discount, there's always a discount. There's always a discount. Right? Usually 20%. They convert at a lower valuation that you're in. That means you give more down the road. And if you have too many notes, you're going to get fucked and be diluted. Now, we'll also talk about uh, that in, in terms of why equity is so important and what power it gives you. But let's... Actually, do that now. So the first, let's talk about the first one, equity. Yeah. So when you do an equity round, which is the most common one, at least in startups, yeah. what do you do and, and how do you approach this? When you do um, fundraising through equity, uh, again, you're giving shares to people, right? mm-hmm. In the beginning, um, no, one problem I saw in the Philippines okay. among startups is that the first person who gives money, uh, you just take it, right? Yeah. Uh, but again, you mentioned about marriage. If there's one thing I've learned over the years, um, when you give out equity, try to choose those investors very, very wisely. Like You have to really map out their strategic value. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, let's say if you're bringing this per- this person or this like uh, VC, yeah. What are those like uh, va- those like uh, values that they can bring into the table? Uh, aside from they, cash, aside from cash, yes. Like, can they bring you commercial partnerships? Can mm. they give you access to a market that you wanna tap? Correct. Can they give you? Uh, let's say you need additional capital call. Can they actually do top ups? S- top ups, right? right? Because um, I've seen a lot of start, startups wherein they took the money of the first person who was willing to give to write them a check, and when things don't didn't go uh, as planned, okay. uh, and obviously they're stuck with that shareholder. If that shareholder does not have the capacity to uh, give the founders what they need, okay. like uh, in a commercial Whatever, way right. or mm-hmm. in using money, then. Mm. Uh, you'll just both be stuck. Alright. So always be uh, mindful. I think that's the right term. Mindfulness on the strategic value that the investor you're bringing in uh, gives you. Okay. And gives the company. Now you talk about, again, structure prior to delving in. I want to talk about a couple more things. Okay. That's basically need to be in your back pocket. Yeah. 
First one, there's two things you need actually like in your in your Dora's backpack. You have to have this. Number one, you have to have a cap table. So when you have a cap table, technically, it's your percentage. Your, think of about ownership. it like a pie. That's right. Right? How much are you willing to give at a certain stage? Exactly. Because that's what future investors would ask for. Exactly. Who is who is holding equity in your thing? Now, if you gave away too much too early, it's going to be hard for you to raise the next round because there's not enough space for them to come in already. Unless that person has strategic value. It goes back to Unless, strategic value. Correct, correct. Like, for example, hmm. if early on, uh, let's say... Let's just say we're partners. We're and partners. We do a 60-40. You're 60, I'm 40. Oh, eh, we're, we both bring value naman to the organization. Okay. That's fine, diba? Okay. Or let's say, let's say early on, it's the two of us, Ron, me, Magellan, and then a bank. And then let's say we're doing a fintech. Mm. Even if that bank takes in a significant... Uh, like what? Like how? Let's say 20%, 30%. Mm, that's all right. That's all right. Because when investors start looking at it, ah, okay, they gave 20% to this bank. I see the value. It depends on it your makes business. Makes a lot of sense. No, how, here's one thing, guys. There's a magic number of how much you shouldn't give out at an early stage. And take down again, it's gonna be in your in the show notes. It's sixty-seven percent. Why sixty-seven percent? Because in any startup, you need to have super majority, majority. to make whatever fucking decisions Decision you, you need want. to make. Exactly. If you give out super super majority, what happens, Magellan? Well, you're essentially giving the direction to that super majority shareholder. Anything you wanna do uh becomes like a my you become a minor voice in your company. Correct. So, or you need an additional seat to exactly. achieve that, which again, it becomes a game of politics. And you don't want politics early on in your business. Fuck no. Ang pinakamahirap dyan, if you give super majority to a share, uh, an investor who doesn't under, understand your values. You work and, for them. And you, who doesn't understand mm. your mission and vision. Patay ka na. Yeah. Correct. You're gonna be you're gonna be like more of an employee to that. Or group. in better terms, you're their bitch. I was avoiding that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking real here though, bro. So that's what it is. So that's why you don't give out anything more than that, especially yeah. in the early stage. Mm-hmm. As much as possible if you you can keep up to series A and you haven't given away sixty seven or thirty four percent of mm. your company yet, you're still okay. That's right. Right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you have to plan that out. And that super majority is so, so, so important when you make to need to make uh, big decisions. Now, there's one thing too, Max. Term sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is the the, 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 the deadly shit. Right? Yeah. You know, ah, we talk about your handshake. Oh, yeah, I trust you anyway. Okay, give me your money. Without any paperwork. That's right. Oh, what is a term sheet and the next iteration that is subscription agreement? What are those things? Well, uh, obviously, Diba, uh, when you come up with a deal, okay. there should be an offer. And usually, terms. it's in the term sheet, Diba. Right. Uh, that's where... The, I've seen cases wherein it's the investor who, who, makes give, who gives the term sheet. But right. for me, uh, for me, I think uh, if you're going to offer something, uh, you should... And if you want leverage over on the negotiation table, of course, you dictate it. You dictate it. You Correct. set out the, diba, the benchmark. It's your startup. Yeah, exactly. Set right. out the benchmark. It already sets the wrong precedent if you're coming in and you let them bitch you out. Exactly. Right. I mean, yeah. no, no disrespect. So, but you need to do your homework. Exactly. Right. And again, another thing, I learned this from Minette Navarrete. Even it, here's one thing, guys. Term sheets are non-binding. Yeah. They can sign that, but they can still back out. Yep. The, the deal only really closes is when you, number one, get the check. Number two is if you have a subscription agreement. So lawyer it out. <laughs> Make sure that this is properly executed because this is where it will all runs down to. Especially, there's this one part, which again, we'll do another playbook on this. In between signing term sheet and writing the check, there's this fucking purgatory of a fucking time, which is the most nerve-wracking thing. Due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> DD. Double D. Right? <laughs> Success and double D. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fucking... Kasi, yeah. Well, 
what you iron out in the term sheet is the commercials. Yeah. How many percent? The deals how much the cash, game, right? Diba? That's it. But investors will not give you money until after they verified whatever verified you said. everything that you've presented them. And that happens during due diligence. Which again we'll do that. Uh, well, how to maneuver or how to properly get out alive. <laughs> because if you said too much bullshit, by the way, and, and then they do a DD. Oh, crap. Oh, God. And some the good investors can sniff that a mile away. Yeah. Like, ah, shit. Diba? Uh, you yeah. can only do so much with BS. Diba? Right. At the end of the day, uh, numbers don't lie. Right. Numbers you don't lie. You gotta walk the walk, talk the talk. Exactly. Okay. So, after all of this, so equity, that's good. That's what it is. Um, the next one is debt. There's a negative stigma on debt here in the Philippines. Because that's you know, right. I don't want to get utang. You know, the collateral, yeah. they'll get my bahay and lupa. Whatever. Exactly. Well, how do you properly raise a debt and when do you properly do this? And, and there's a risk appetite to this too. And oh, yeah. yeah. The normal way non-startups do do this is either you go to a bank, but if you don't qualify, that's why you go to Akudin. That's it. <laughs> because, you know, it's hard to get approved by banks. But how, how do you properly do that? Okay. So when you do that... Uh, the problem kasi with a lot of businesses, diba? the, the reason for the negative stigma is we have, for some reason in the Philippines, and I'm saying this because from experience, I've seen how people borrow money in other markets like Myanmar. We have mm-hmm, a, ju- mm-hmm. a joint venture in Myanmar. Yeah. For some reason in the Philippines, I think the negative stigma comes from the fact that we don't really have a good paying culture here. Yeah. We're all fucking... Uh, People don't default all the time. We're not like the Lannisters. Yes. Diba? They don't pay our debts. I think Filipinos <laughs> don't pay their debts. Diba? And they make it so hard yeah. for the debt fucking to the people that borrowed and then they're even mad. Oh, yeah. And yeah, by yeah, default, yeah. that's why the five sixes are also predatory. By default, I can't blame them because they get fucked all the time. We don't why, have that integrity. Why do you... Why do you have so many cre- quote-unquote creative collection practices in the Philippines? Mm-hmm. Because it's just so fucking hard to collect. True. Um, and I think this is something that ano, starts early on. Even when you're young. Diba? It's embedded um, in our culture. Parang, uh, I remember when I was in high school, yung parang, Uy, arbor na lang. Ah, parang, Uy, pairam naman 20 pesos. Bili lang ako ng well, that's a thank buk- you buko juice. Oh, okay. Tapos after a while, nakalimutan na. Mm. 20 pesos. Yeah. So, anyway, I think that's the reason for the negative stigma right. behind loans. Kasi when you don't pay, obviously, people will chase you. Correct. So, that's why people are afraid to borrow money. Correct. Now, let's get back to... Uh, from a business setting in, from, in deal. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the business setting and the benefits of actually using debt. Okay. Um, you normally... Um, when you borrow debt, uh, you have uh, sorry. When you borrow money, okay. you have to think. You only borrow money. Uh, when you borrow money, it's like you're taking a future earning and liquidating it today, right? So you can already use Execute it, it. Right. Uh, for let's say a project or something mm-hmm. else. So you never borrow money when you know you don't have a cap- the capacity to pay it. After a few months. Correct. So, always borrow money within your... Means. Means. Yeah. Now, where does borrowing money uh, is very useful, especially on a business setting? Right. For example, um, let's say I have... uh, Let's say I'm expecting a... Receivables. Yeah. A 50 million peso... Uh, project uh, in let's say three months time correct which again in in a perfect world I hope these companies pay on time exactly but in reality they fucking don't usually they don't yeah in Philippines only 8% of businesses pay oh on time oh my god that's why in, in B2B that's backed by data chatbot yeah. shit if you're listening to this please pay up god damn it yeah. well, right. you know what uh, yeah that's true 
right? Uh, regardless it's of really bad paying culture. Re- regardless of again, and we talked about this in the, in your episode in the first one. That's right. Regardless of what level, yeah, the bigger it is, the worse it is actually. That's true. That's it's true. It's fucking fucked up. That's like, true. Well, it's a bit do- dog eat dog thing. Exactly. Sometimes the, the, the SMEs are even the better ones to actually. They pay. they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's right. fucked up. So. Um, Always think that it's just like you're buy- borrowing money from yourself, yeah, uh, from your future self. Like a ballet, diba? Oh, oh diba? Yeah. Ah, okay. I'm gonna make 50 million in three months, uh, but there's an opportunity now for me to use that money to expand here. Maybe I'll just take part of that future money and use it now. Got it. So you need to have that mindset when you borrow money. Mm. So imagine, in s- if let's say. You use that okay. instead of raising money via equity. Okay. Your average, let's say in a business, kasi if you're uh, an SME, okay. at, a, at 15% annualized, that's already cheap. Diba? Yeah. So imagine in that scenario, diba? you have a, a 50 million peso income in three yeah. months' time. And you need, let's say, to use that money now for a project that you don't want to miss, an opportunity. It would be cheaper for you to take an advance on that future income by borrowing money from a bank or from someone else Mm -hmm. instead of raising equity. Again, you get full control over how you want to use that that thing. But Max, there's this, this... I'm curious because I haven't actually done this ever. Uh, do debt, or if there is, it's just a tito tita debt, which is no nothing. Small small checks. What do you do to justify those big checks? Because again, these are more institutional in, in play, uh, investors yeah. that, that cut these types of checks. How do you justify and get those checks written for you? It goes back to risk management, eh, diba? Okay. Um, again, uh, there's a lot of money. Okay. People are want to lend money, okay. you just need to show uh, how you mitigate those risks. So, for example, uh, the simplest way to do it is to offer collateral. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's already institutions and firms that, okay. let's say, if you don't have a property, okay. can use your receivables right? or can use your inventory. That sounds familiar. What institutions so, sounds, are those? Like? So, sounds familiar. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, uh, but but oh, there's Acudine, yes, that's what it is. So there's all, there's already multiple options for companies to actually. Uh, uh, there's so many options that they can choose from, okay. depending on the kind of asset or equity you have. Right? Okay. So for if you so it, again, it goes back to risk mitigation. Okay. If you can mitigate that with. Uh, something that you own, like a property or a receivable, then these institutions become more comfortable to give you money. What's the back end to? Do you need a term sheet as well? What, what, what do you need to prepare in terms of paperwork? Or is this really the, the, the proof that, hey, this is my receivables and whatnot, and this is my, my, my assets and whatnot? So it's what? usually you show your business plan. Okay. You show... If you're going to use a receivable, you show them that receivable, uh, the receivable okay. documents that's mm-hmm. going to support that. Mm-hmm. And the loan agreement. Gotcha. Which okay. is technically like a term sheet per se. Exactly. Right. Okay. Last one. Let's talk about mezzanine or mezzanine. Just kidding. Yep. Mezzanine. Um, again, convertible notes and whatnot. How, how do you properly execute this and what are the things you need to prepare? So... Usually, you use a mezzanine, uh, a mezzanine, uh, a mezzanine structure wherein you like mix things up, diba? Let's say a convertible note. Okay. Let's use con- convertible note as an example. Okay. When you raise money kasi via equity, diba? You're trying to get a strategic partner. Okay. Um, minsan nagkakatalo sa valuation eh. Of course. Valuation, this is like, always the deal breaker majority that Exactly. Time. Like for example, if you're a founder, obviously you want a bigger valuation, mm. but the investors don't see it see it that way. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so if you want to bypass that valuation issue, got it. Diba? Uh you can go through like a convertible note structure wherein I it's like this, eh? like, oh, oh, Mr. Investor, um, okay, we 
we both believe in the business. Yeah. We, you know, I can execute. Yeah. Why don't we? What if we don't talk about valuation today? Why don't you just give me uh, financing? Right. Uh, let's do a financing structure. Right. I'll borrow money from you to eight uh, percent per annum. Okay. And if I fail to pay you back, you get X amount. You get uh, this amount of shares, uh, and then at a lower valuation, at a, at a discounted valuation. Yeah. By the time I raise my next big round, which is called a valuation cap. That's right. Yeah, it's okay. either a valuation cap or a dis or a discount or both. Okay, it's a double-edged sword. It can work for you or also not work for you in the end. Because if if it, in the best case, hopefully you raise you enough, raise enough also to pay that. But here's the thing, guys. One thing: don't be a fucking weasel and like I am gonna raise equity to pay my other debt. No, no logical investor. Would give you money to pay another oh, yeah. debt. That's stupid. You need the only way you can pay that is through revenue. Yeah, because investors, when you raise money from them, they expect you to use their money to grow your business. Yeah, not to like patch another utang with someone, another utang. Right? Correct. Exactly. That's fucked up. And uh, another good way of using a convertible note is, for example, let's say you just need the money. Usually. This is the case, eh, diba? Okay. You just need the money immediately mm. and you don't really have the time to be choosy with your investor. Diba? Right. So, let's say someone is already offering you money. You know, oh, here, take my money. Yeah. Uh, a while ago, I mentioned about choosing strategic investors when you give equity. Right. So, here, this is an... If it, you just need the money and to, to like solve an issue or just get things going... Right. You can offer a convertible note because the money that they give you doesn't automatically convert to shares. Correct. Diba? You buy time. You can buy essentially buy time. Let's say you're about to close a strat- big strategic investor in eight months' time. So at least uh, if it happens, then great. You can you have the opportunity to take out this convertible note because it's still a loan right. uh, during that period. But Let's say you were not able to raise the money. It's also okay because uh, if you're not able to pay back that convertible note, it just converts to shares. Right. So um, it it works, you know, as if uh, in situations where you really need the money fast. Absolutely. Okay. Unfortunately, we don't have. What? Time anymore well, on this it. playbook. No, on this playbook, we'll we'll be back for another playbook and we'll talk about another topic. Okay, uh, okay. But for this playbook, unfortunately, we don't have much time. But Max, if they wanted to do catch you, how how do they do and uh, do that? And where do they go? Well, they can just check me in. I'm very active in LinkedIn, okay. so they can search my name, Magellan Fatalino. Send a DM to in LinkedIn. All right. And I'll just be hanging around here in your studio. Oh, there you go. And if you do, again, want to check out whatever the hell we talked about in Jargon City, uh, check out the Hustle Share uh, show notes at hustleshare.com and check out the community if you want to know who else we're going to do playbooks with there in Hustle go. Share community on Facebook. And again, don't forget to message us in our chatbot on m.me slash chatbot. We, oh, no. Hustle Share powered by chatbot <laughs> And I'll see you guys in the next playbook. Peace. See ya. Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again And we're excited to share a bit more info About our sponsors, Sprout Solutions And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode You should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter As you grow your own startup Because this bundle that they have Is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level As you grow your employees And this bundle is your key to freedom Including payroll outsourcing to experts A subscription to timekeeping and attendance software And government compliance services Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game 
And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. <laughs> 